And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Mythbits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 118. Welcome. The World of Myth Bitch. Again, welcome to the world of Myth Bits. Uh, we have some minute housekeeping to update and inform everybody, and you will be very glad to know that as of yesterday, Sunday, uh, our board of directors has officially met and discussed the legalities, everything uh, going forward. With the world of myth, Jasmon, everything that is important. So that's some pretty exciting news. And hopefully we get to hear more about what has come from this meeting. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Now, we were gone last week, um, which I kind of will get into in a minute. But, uh, yeah, we were gone last week, kind of needed to revitalize, rest, um, and I've been trying to organize myself and draw and, uh, kind of, kind of have a little bit of normalcy. You have been working under the curtain. Thank you. <laughs> he's been doing a lot he's been actually really learning a lot uh kind of had uh not an epiphany but uh some ideas for some new projects so i'm very excited very proud of him um so yeah and obviously like the news there's been a lot of news especially pop culture news that has kind of kept us all i think mildly entertained and interested um like what well Pedro Pascal was cast as Joel in The Last of Us television series for HBO Max, which I'm personally quite happy about. Yeah, there's, I mean, just some, some like, fun, interesting things, you know, um, just some, some interesting things. And I guess I kind of can carry us over into a subject I really kind of wanted to breach today. I know for the past couple... <laughs> handful of episodes we have really done if you follow Kevin Smith on Instagram he posted a video uh where he actually revealed the a, a clip of the score written by Mer Bear McCreary for um his take on Masters of the Universe and I don't know to me it was a very wholesome happy video it just made me smile because he was so excited as and an eight-year-old self right there Beaming through his face. Exactly. Like, he was just feeling it. And that was just a very happy, happy, happy video to me. Um, so, yeah. And I guess that can kind of carry us over into uh, what kind of inspired uh, the subject I wanted to breach 
today. Um, the past couple handful of episodes, we have really been talking about character formulation, trying to kind of conceptualize thinking a lot bigger and bolder about the psychology of characters, both relating our experiences to characters we visited in the media, uh, through film, books, everything like that. And uh, I mean, we've we've talked about trauma and God, what else? So many things. Um, and I kind of thought we had wrapped it up, (laughs) but not so much, um, because if you have been paying attention, um, and if you are somebody maybe for the past couple years had, um, an awareness of this, um, Evan Rachel Wood, um, wonderful, amazing actress from Westworld, (laughs) 13 uh, was the movie she just did. Um, oh, uh, uh, Kajillionaire. Yeah, Kajillionaire. Kajillionaire. Uh, she also did that movie. I think you're going with this same route. She did that movie with, uh, did you already say with? Uh, with Elliot Oh, Page. yeah, I don't remember the name of that one. So uh, she recently uh, came out because, it again, okay, let me start over. <laughs> Several years ago, uh, Evan Rachel Wood made the rounds uh, testifying for a little something called the Phoenix Act. And if you heard her testimony, it's horrific. I mean, it's it's an amazing testimony, don't get me wrong, but it is horrible. You know, It and in it, she discusses the abuse she faced. There's also another actress, Esme Bianco, who did the same thing. She partnered up with Evan Rachel Wood, and they... Uh, really tried to get this uh, uh, act passed, which the Phoenix Act, if you are unaware, uh, increases the statute of limitations for domestic violence from three years to five years. So, um, and and Evan Rachel Wood and also Esme Bianco, a lot of these women have been very vocal about the abuse they endured. And they actually... <sighs> Uh, earlier this month, they flat out said, it's been speculated, but they flat out said it's Marilyn Manson. Um, and again, a lot of people were very aware. <laughs> it's kind of writing on the wall situation. If you know uh, his music and everything, he's been a very uh, open about uh, the pride he takes in his abuse. And I know for a lot of people, fans in particular, separating the art from the artist, but it's kind of not what's happening here. Um, So anyway, so that's really been going on. And Evan Rachel Wood, I've been following her for years on Instagram for for a while. Um, And she kind of regularly posts about... Um, being a survivor of domestic violence and all this, even before uh, naming you-know-who. Um, and she would oftentimes post about, like, narcissistic behavior, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and a couple, a couple weeks ago, she posted, or a couple days ago at this point, I don't know, I've lost all track of time. She posted um, this term 
that I had actually never heard. But then when I actually uh, looked into it, I was like, oh, my God. You know, it's it's there's probably many people who are like, yeah, duh, you dummy. And we, we know about this. But again, this is something I kind of just want to get off my chest. And it's the just world theory or hypothesis or bias, whatever. And the just world theory uh, basically proposes that um, we deem our actions equal to the repercussions. So somebody does a good deed. Somebody uh, uh, helps somebody who had a flat tire on the side of the road. Um, And then a month, a year, whatever later, the person who did the helping had positive, something really great happened to them. Well, the bias is that they earned that because of their good deed. So it's karma. It's the concept of karma. And um, I just, I really, like, I hadn't thought of it this way. Because, I mean, like, I kind of knew it it existed, but I didn't know there was actually, like, a psychological theory based on this concept. And that's kind of really what I want to tackle today, both for personal reasons and also because I think it's something that really, really, really needs to be tackled, especially in light of uh, the allegations made against uh, this musician and something we, we really need to open a discussion about. Clearest definition of the just world hypothesis or theory is the cognitive bias that a person's actions are inherently inclined to bring morally fair and fitting consequences to that person. Thus, it is the assumption that all noble actions are eventually rewarded and all evil actions eventually punished. In other words, the just world hypothesis is the tendency to attribute consequences to or expect consequences as the result of a universal force that restores moral balance. This belief generally implies the existence of cosmic justice, destiny, divine providence, uh, desert stability, and or and is and or order, and is often associated with a variety of fundamental fallacies, especially in regards to rationalizing rationalizing people's suffering on the grounds that they deserve it. You can probably see where I'm going with this because the just world hypothesis theory, um, it's not a hypothesis theory, I'm just saying hypothesis slash theory. Um, (laughs) It really kind of plays into uh, what we call victim blaming. And uh, for anybody who maybe doesn't know, victim blaming is the act of uh, blaming the victim. You know, uh, to put it nicely, blaming somebody who got robbed for something as simple as maybe carrying a purse or carrying their wallet in their back pocket. It's your fault. You you shouldn't have carried a wallet. You know. So if you kind of get where I'm going with this, you know it also applies to cases of assault and domestic violence. So I also kind of want to throw in there like a huge trigger warning for this in case uh, something slips and maybe a word or something that could be potentially triggering slips on by. So trigger warning 
assault, violence, uh, uh, all of that. Wonderful, wonderful points of uh, conversation. Victim blaming as well as the just world theory. It's interesting because we see it. We see it all over the place. And I know I've been guilty of it, um, you know, and, and to go back to the personal reason for wanting to talk about this, um, I, year, t- 10, over 10 years ago, I had cancer. I've talked about that. Um, in the past, like, month, I'm having a bit of a scare. And my brain has kind of jumped into this, uh, like, free fall of panic. <laughs> this uh, being absolutely mortified that I'm going to have to deal with, with uh, cancer diagnosis again. And, of course, to kind of, I guess, protect my, my psyche to keep from anxiety really spiraling, I will kind of uh, uh, pat my shoulder and say, you're not a bad person. You don't deserve this. And I'm like, you know, you think about that. And it's like, especially going through COVID, we have seen amazing people who have succumbed to uh, the illnesses brought by COVID, people who absolutely did not deserve it, people even before COVID, cancer diagnosis, uh, anything like that. We've seen it time and time again. So why is there this, like, bias of this, like, well, you don't you don't deserve that? It doesn't take it away. <laughs> is it just like a, a, a comfort thing? Like, oh, it's not going to happen to me because I don't deserve it. Well, I can see where you can uh, kind of put this theory into practice. But uh, you'd have to ask yourself, what is going to make a person bad ethically, morally? So when we are determining morals, I want you to think about the news. Um, there is something that tends to always happen, in particular with uh, violence against black people. And that is the news almost, if it's not the news, it's, it's Facebook, it's whatever, it's, it's people. The first reaction is to elicit a demonstration of why this person deserved to be harmed or killed. Um, they had a criminal history. They were acting suspiciously. They were doing something that was socially deemed morally bankrupt, right? And we see it time and time again, in particular, like I, I said, it, there's so much crossover in our social constructs with this notion. And that's why I really wanted to talk about it because, again, I started thinking about it and I was like, holy crap, like this rude awakening almost that it's it's hard to escape, you know, um, because we do it. It's it's just this like subconscious bias of um, 
what's deserved. And it's weird. It's so weird because nine times out of ten, it's just ridiculous stuff. Um, and so going back to domestic violence and victim blaming where we see it a lot is... I made the horrible mistake of reading some comments on public forums about, in particular, the Evan Rachel Wood, uh, which she had uh, opened up about. And just, it's it's jaw-dropping the way people talk about survivors of domestic violence. Well, I also feel that, like, people, when they go into the comment sections, they need this place to, like, vent that they normally would not say directly to you. Of you Because know, if somebody said something like that directly to a victim of something, yeah, Well, know. yeah. I mean, <laughs> could you imagine talking to anybody the way most people do in comment sections? Um, you know, and it's just, it's, it's, it's really, really atrocious when you see the reaction from a lot of people well you know and and we saw it a lot like if you remember uh rihanna back when the whole thing happened with chris brown well what did she do did she antagonize him you know even uh i don't know if anybody else has watched the uh britney spears documentary on the washington post series on hulu where, I mean, like, the minute her and Justin Timberlake broke up, it was immediately her fault. And granted, no, we're not talking about domestic violence there, but it was, like, this cause... They There had to be a causation. There had to be, like, a villainry somewhere in the story for her to deserve these bad things. Do you know what I mean? And it's just... it's It's... Really mm. abhorrent. Got you. So what you're trying to say is it's odd how the particular mentality would go into favor of um, showing that these bad things happened to, let's say, Britney Spears because she must have done something bad. Exactly. So she gets the Even though she didn't. Of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and so, and most people, when we see these scenarios, these people, nobody deserves these things. These horrible, horrible things, but society wait, will. No, no, no. Were you trying to tell me somebody thinks Evan Rachel Wood did something bad? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. No, the comments are, are, like I said, disgusting. Well, what did she do? She tried to steal him away from his wife. You know, all of these things. And it's just like, are you oh. kidding me? There it is. The gears started clicking. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's. And that happens time and time again with survivors, with, um, again, you know, race violence, racist violence, systemic violence, um, things like that. There ha- there, there's like this weird mechanism that people have, myself included, yourself and everybody does it, I think, to some extent where we're trying to de- we don't know why these bad things happen. And I'm not talking about action and, you know, cause, action, and um, effect. You know, because obviously, you know, if you stick your hand on a hot stove, you're going to burn your hand. Like, I'm not talking about that. 
I'm talking about the way society has to try to determine these factors of why something is deserved in this like cosmic big sense because we can't make sense of it all. We can't make sense of why such evil exists. And you see the people who come up in defense of said evil, you know, and that's where that comes from, especially from hardcore fans, people who, you know, oh, well, this person, what did you expect? What did you expect with this person who, you know, Satan worshiping all of this kooky stuff? And it's like, it's just, it's, it's, wild instead of holding somebody accountable the person the aggressor allegedly uh (laughs) responsible for their actions and you know i'm taking a lot of this in the media and and kind of associating it to this conversation and again i just think it's an interesting concept because i think Like, I keep saying we do it on such a subconscious level. Like I said, me with, you know, cancer and like, well, I don't deserve this. And I don't think I deserve it, you know, but that doesn't mean that it's not happening. You know what I mean? And so um, I think, too, a lot of a lot of victims and survivors will a lot of their healing process comes from trying not to try because of the social bias because of what they're hearing well you did something to deserve this you you brought this upon yourself you reap what you sow um they're trying to establish and argue with themselves like no I'm not the one to blame because victims aren't the one to blame a victim is not the perpetrator in violence, in abuse, in any way, shape, or form. Like we said, it's 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 a defense mechanism that we have. And I don't know, maybe I don't know if everybody thinks like this. Like I I don't know, but I think, like I said, it's on a subconscious level. So um to kind of back this concept up, um, the psychologist who actually uh, hypothesized the just world uh, theory, Melvin J. Lerner. Melvin J. Lerner uh, hypothesized that the belief in a just world is crucially important for people to maintain for their own well-being. But people are confronted daily with evidence that the world is not just. People suffer without apparent cause. So that's pretty basic. Right. Um, It's it's a defense mechanism because what is one of the scariest aspects of life that we know as we know it? It's the unexpected. It's the, um, you know, uh, unforeseeable. We don't know what to expect. It's that's what's scary. That's where I've been these past couple weeks. You know, I'm terrified because I don't know what to expect. And so I think to kind of jump off the the victim blaming and, and everything that we've kind of talked about at this point and just jump into 
um, the simplest notion of the just world theory, it's it's protective. It's this protective layer because if we are able to predict, like, okay, so I've done decent things. I'm not, you know, we're, we've talked about it. It's like, I don't actively go out to do harmful things. You don't go out and actively do harmful things. We don't spend our time being mean for the sake of being mean or wounding or harming or doing things like that. That doesn't mean we're great people. You know, it just means that we do the bare minimum to not be crappy people, <laughs> right? Like, um, you're a good person, though. You are. Um, <laughs> that's why I like you. I try to. But, <laughs> but uh, the point is, you know, you're able to, okay, so think the, the oh, you haven't seen it. The show The Good Place, where you kind of tally up all of these good things you've done and that's going to kind of place you where you're going to go. The good place or the bad place. And um, in reality, right, in the here and now, I think it's safe to assume that, okay, if we've done so many bad things or even things that maybe we didn't think were bad at the time, But then hindsight, you're like, oh, you know what? This thing that I did uh, was really bad, you know, thinking about it. I can't even think about just stupid stuff we've done in our past. And then, you know, if you're an anxious person like I am, you know, you hyperfixate on it. Oh, my God, that was bad. Like, that's probably working against me karmaically now because, you know, uh, bad things are going to happen because of that um does that make any sense right um yeah i feel though that the world is chaos and when you kind of like look into like the uncertainty events and kind of try to enjoy uncertain moments that is where you can actually find your purest character is what you decide to do on the fly and what you decide to do on the fly and what you think you're going to do on the fly is two totally different things. No. So I feel that your perception of the world and everything around it is definitely going to help you to deliver the best person that you can be or that you know that you can be or that you wish you can be. You know? mm-hmm. um, so if someone were to want a just world by using this type of mentality, it's really... It's it's really damaging for them, I feel. And it's everywhere. I think it's just it's it's everywhere that, you know, in, in everything we kind of take in, you know, especially in fiction. And we apply that, you know, into the, our realities. But, yeah, you know, and I know I've even commented on it a couple times, you know, talking about uh, there's a story in the last issue or the issue before that where I was just like, yes, like, you know, there's just that like. Uh, you know, karmic justice and, you know, like it felt good and satisfying. Right. And so and I think that's interesting because we take such pleasure from witnessing that. And maybe that's part of what it is, too, both in reality and in, you know, the the fiction we create, we, in you know, take in and all that. It's it's satisfying. 
Yeah. Okay. Let's let's put that into perspective over a, a new show that we're kind of watching. In the show Fleabag, she kind of does very human things. You know, uh, she kind of does. Uh, I guess somewhat would uh, argue immoral. I guess, right? And yet she never bats an eye. Right? Type of uh, character default or faults or anything like that, you know, she doesn't feel that she's faulted. Yet, anyways, we haven't got through the whole thing. I mean, she has, to an extent, you know, in certain uh, storylines, yeah, but so not with, yeah, with every single action. Not fool into it, and she didn't bust out into public and say, oh, I'm such a bad person, you know. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, anyways. No. Um, like with her character... And, you know, you can apply it to any character or whatnot. If they did bad things, then bad things would happen to the character in the story and whatnot, you know. And it could be j just positively unjust and whatnot. And maybe that's, maybe that's why it always, like, effectively, like, uh, pulls on the person's heartstrings. So maybe yeah. that's where the whole theory comes from for people to try to um uh, use that to, to make sense like you're saying to make sense of the world to try to give the happy ending i think that i think that could be used differently though like because good things that happen to good people but also at the same time that they would 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 complain and and and, and be envious and, and jealous of these good things that happened to good people because they had deserved such like bring it back to Evan and Rachel it's like she she won these these awards for acting and everything is because she's a good actor and i can guarantee you that people you know are on the opposite side of saying why would she deserve the oscars mhm mm you know oh yeah we see that, and, and especially with women, we see it all the time. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I was just, <laughs> but yeah, I'm no, just saying you like do. That, it's... Yeah, that theory could be could be strewn about that, you know, um, in the same in the same essence as like with the good characters. Say, so what would you say would happen if you had like a neutral character, right? So you had kind of like a neutral character would good things or bad things happen to them should good things or bad things happen to monks well in all reality like you said it's just life is chaos so the things that happen would just be things that happen good and bad um you know i on that same note like we tend to hyperfixate on the bad more than we do the good um i think you know and, and uh i don't know if anybody else does this one of my regular practices is every night before i go to bed i write down five like gratitudes it just kind of helps keep like my my thoughts in check and and kind of helps me kind of center myself before going to bed and just like instead of you know sitting there and, and analyzing a bunch of crappy things like I'm able to sit there and kind of think about the positive things um it's not an easy task it's really not because it's so much easier to think about how the bad things really override 
the good things. Uh, this is going really off. <laughs> but the point of that is, um, you know, the whole concept of, like, the neutral character. I think um, would that neutral character hyperfixate on the negative more than the positive or vice versa you and I I hope we all know somebody who's like everything is great you know (laughs) but I don't think those people really exist Uh, (laughs) optimists is what I think they're called what if it's such an extreme account because like what you just said is like if you had a neutral character and nothing good or bad could happen to the neutral character let's use that in a real-time scenario Say this neutral character did not do because what if what if also and this is kind of like throwing this idea against the wall like what if you had this idea of the good and good and bad you know things happening for good reasons or bad reasons is the same reflection as like a risk versus reward system in our brain say you had the neutral character right so you have the neutral character who did not think of anything good or bad to do. They exist. What happens to them at the end of the story? Because they had merely existed. They tend to be the sidekick. Exactly. Uh, typically some form of AI. <laughs> so, um, well, not the AI in AI. Remember the, uh, yeah. the Juggalo bot? Yeah. The Jude Law? My man. So, uh, <laughs> remember he comes into Sandra's in the bedroom music. Oh, you want some music, do you? And cracks his neck. And then, anyways. Uh, <laughs> so, if you had a bad character that did bad things, obviously at the end of the story, they would have consequences. If there are no consequences, then obviously it would be an outrage. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes not. You know. Depends on the person reading, I guess. A good person that did good things, you know, it's the whole Star Wars Jedi versus yeah thing, which is which is which is a good analogy. Like humans have always like communicated through like story and everything mm-hmm. like that, right? So, what if this just world has come about because of our civilization progressing through um, uh? certain stories and certain means you know and they, oh of they, course always, like even i think we've trained ourselves uh you know throughout uh history we've trained ourselves to kind of crave that right so if we as we we as a species and a human species just crave this thing of the, the these this good versus the evil battle you know, till the end of the time, and, and even even in the Bible, that's how that how that's how that it ends. You have the good and the the bad, and they battle, and good wins, I guess. I'm not sure. Somebody enlighten me. If you had people who had this good versus evil thing going on, then at the end of the day, well, maybe like- that maybe that's really just the takeaway that I'm trying to really get get across is like maybe it's because we the species have kind of lost of, of, of the fact of life like this world is chaos you know mostly because we don't have to which I mean honestly it's still instilled into us in in, in our practical ways now of how our society works right now but there's no like really like 
at least I know on our end, like waking up and knowing where the meal's coming from or if there's predators around or what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, is this your day? Yeah. You know, um, that has kind of, of uh, alleviated us of a lot of the stress, of that kind of stress. So now we have this fabricated stress. And then for people to kind of jump away from that stress, I feel that they have these these new systems in the place to where you have uh you know these 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 stories and, and the, the drama that's created around these stories and these celebrities like they put they put they put these stories out there and they have these cases right that are not particularly special cases right imagine how many people are going through that kind of like scenario right now as we as we record this podcast and nobody's gonna know about it yeah i think the takeaway is going back (laughs) after my long insane rant that's okay i started out with a long insane rant. well it's not even a rant it's more of just a thought process yeah and it's it's hard because the neurons clicking back and forth pinging like a pool table could go yeah so okay so let's go back to the just world theory um, and I think actually it all kind of wraps itself up. And I think what it comes down to is the just world hypothesis is really, really, really harmful, I think is what it comes down to. Um, and think about it. I mean, like I, I implore you to think about it and think about how you apply these biases, no matter how minutely to however silly the thing is you know it could be you know just a tiny little thing to a big thing I mean be careful don't want to do any mental harm but (laughs) these these constructs and these notions that uh good and bad is inherently earned is just wild to me, it's absolutely wild, and I feel like every time something makes the news, makes the headlines, uh, we we only can try to make sense of it in a way that villainizes it's. I don't know how I'm trying to say this. It's just a wild and like preposterous concept. We feel we as an audience, we from the reality concept uh, of of day to day experiences all the way over to, you know, uh, creatives mindsets to, you know, arranging characters, worlds, stories, et cetera, et cetera. It's just very strange when you really think about it, because these things happen and they're horrible, horrible things that most people absolutely do not deserve. And there's no rhyme or reason. And there's no rhyme or reason either to attacking a victim. None. Except that's a big problem for people who do that, for people who act out and think to immediately throw the blame to the victim it's just it's it's crazy to me you know and I guess that's kind of why I wanted to really address this 
Um, you know, again, from my own experience these past couple weeks to the news, the headlines, um, it's just it's you really kind of start thinking about that bias, I think, when you become more aware of it. And I think it's really interesting and really messed up. Absolutely. You know, I feel that this can add depth and complexity to the characters because think of all your uh, characters that you love are so uh, complex because even if they did do bad things and if good things did happen to them and you're wondering why good things happen to them, it's like, well, sometimes it happens. Yeah. You know, and think about all the uh, characters that you feel that are, are need to be more complex, right? And, and, and how women's stories need to be told. And I think that's where I'm thinking Fleabag does a good uh, job, you know, in doing so is because it... <laughs> It's like some of the thought patterns and whatnot are what somebody would normally would uh, not feel that a woman should have these thought yeah. patterns, right? And yet, there they are. You can find us at theworldofmyth.com, on Facebook and the Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast, and the World of Myth Magazine, on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. So yeah, hopefully I get to see my doctor finally next week, and uh, we're going to go from there, and hopefully it's not horrible, scary news, because, damn it, I don't deserve this. <laughs> You're going to be just fine, butterfly. Thank you for listening. Until next time. <laughs> The world of myth bits.